ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure to bring to you Wisdom, 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 Season 1, Episode 18, Bury Me Alive. Welcome everyone to episode 18 of the Juggalo Rewind podcast. We're talking Bury Me Alive, and as you know, this is Peter, and I am here once again with my co-host with the most. His name is Chris. What is going on? I'm back, and they didn't have to bury me alive, because Michigan (laughs) did it. Not only did they beat Ohio State, they beat Iowa in our Big Ten champions. So so I am here, not buried alive. (laughs) And up next... That was dirty, dirty. They're playing Alabama, right? No, they're playing Georgia. Georgia, oh, geez, yeah. Alabama next, after yep. that. You take out the two top dogs in the SEC and be the greatest national champions ever. <laughs> It'll be like Chris Jericho. You're like the... Uh, <laughs> it really is. <laughs> you, you beat the two, two champions in one night. <laughs> they can always run into Cincinnati. You never know. That's true. <laughs> they should play all three of those games in one day. That'd <laughs> be ridiculous. A one o'clock, a four o'clock, and then the championship game at eight. The championship game would be the worst, sloppiest <laughs> football game ever watched. They should do that for the final four in basketball. That'd be kind of funny. I think basketball you could pull off. Maybe you got double hundreds yeah. in baseball. Why couldn't basketball do it? I know. Well, it's because baseball they're just standing around. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Apologies to all the baseball players out there. You're better athletes than all of us combined. And apologies to all the non-sports juggalos out there. <laughs> yeah, we need to get right back into it. We apologize. Uh, as you know, this is the Juggalo Rewind, where we go track by track through your favorite albums, and we dissect them and talk shit and go into various uh, you know, non-sequiturs, because that's what we do. As you know, this season we are talking Twisted's Most Tasteless. So no matter if you're a old school HOK juggalo or you just saw them at Fright Fest this year and you heard them on the ref, you're going to find something fun with us on this like season. Like our man out there, who, what, what t-shirt was he rocking at uh, the Riff Fest? A <laughs> bad <Twisted>. company? <laughs> bad company. Not man. There's no other intro been. to Twisted than bad company. <laughs> We should have looked at Fright Fest and seen if there was any weird band shirts. I didn't yeah. really notice any. <laughs> that but. should be something we take pictures of, then just shirts that are out of place at Juggalo shows for the social media accounts. I usually do that at other concerts. I try to find the t-shirt that's like most out of place. <laughs> you know, if like I'm at Counting Crows, I'm looking for like an Iron Maiden shirt. Or yeah. if I'm at like, you know, a Rob Zombie show, I'm looking for a Kelly Clarkson t-shirt. Just see what's the most out of place. And that's my little internal game. I think I I wore my uh, Tegan and Sarah shirt to High on Fire. It, it was like metal looking, but it's a you know pop band. So that was, I, I pulled that move. All right. Good job. You would have been <laughs> on my list if I knew who any of those people were, but you listened to some <laughs> weird shit. So we'll just go on from there. Uh, if you're listening to us, you know, to find us on Spotify, Apple, Google, all those good places. We're also on YouTube. Thanks to Chris. And then you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, all the social medias. And that's at Juggalo R-W-D. Email is still open, juggalorwd at gmail.com. 
And you can always call us, uh, 810-666-1570. Leave us a fun message, and maybe you'll hear it in a couple weeks when we wrap this boy up. Uh, speaking of wrapping this boy up, there's uh, only a couple weeks left for everyone to get in on that contest, right? Yeah, this is your last shot these next couple weeks here for uh, the twisted, most tasteless vinyl reissue. So you got your three chances. The most important one, I would say, is a uh, rate review on Apple. Work that algorithm for us. And then uh, retweet the pin tweet on Twitter. That one's easy to find. And then Instagram, there's two two posts out there where you could tag a friend like that post. Uh, we'll share it again in the story. So it's in your feed, you know, got to go digging for it. But those are your three options, three different entries, all three into the pot into Vinny's right, box. We'll... <laughs> if we get a hold of them. <laughs> yeah. We'll do everything we can to get as many people in there. You know, we'll, we'll bend some rules. We'll, we'll make it good. We just want as many people to share the, the good word and, Get a chance to win a fabulous prize. If we don't get Vinny's uh, magical giveaway box, we'll put it in like a tumbler, like the Royal Rumble, and we'll film it. <laughs> or we'll just uh, do it like every other podcast and have it done electronically, and you know, no, we'll no find a program to do it for. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I've been thinking that we need to start looking into uh, collecting these entries. So. <laughs> yeah, we gotta do that. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should have been doing that this whole time. So. <laughs> put that on the checklist uh actually do work we say we're going to <laughs> if not then maybe uh the first episode of season two will announce the winner because we'll need all the fucking time we can get <laughs> don't expect anything from us uh in a timely fashion we although we've it. been good this year yeah this year i don't think we've uh we haven't gone back on any promises yet have we we've uh, th- that's not time. very juggalo like <laughs> jesus wow <laughs> I mean, I'm psychopathic, you know. <laughs> oh, so you're saying it's psychopathic, so now you're anti. I'm just saying they make a lot of promises and they make they make a lot of delays. Still in <laughs> that Bloody Brothers album. Uh, what else is out there? Superheroes. Uh, the uh, the one currently is them moving from the Patreon to their uh, Twitch. This and, started yet? <laughs> uh, no, every other day they're like, here it is. We're playing our 21 <laughs> game. Oh, nope, sorry. Oh, we're doing something tonight. Oh, never mind. Oh, that. So. Oh, boy. That's okay. They'll, they'll hope, get it right. I'm hoping I'm uh, you know, celebrating that big Michigan victory uh, after New Year's ringed in and watching that on the TV, the uh, big Harpo's New Year's show. Oh, man. Uh, they haven't announced the uh, New Year's Evil, have they? Twisted? No. Yeah, that should be coming up, too. Yeah, well, yeah, because it's fucking <laughs> New Year's Day. <laughs> I haven't had the announcement. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's literally, like, as we record this, like, three weeks away. So you would think uh, maybe they're going to do that. but Maybe they'll announce it at their uh, Oddball Oddity show, you know? We'll be in maybe. the house if you guys are listening to this live, time stamping here, which we say we don't do and we always do. Yes, uh, that would literally be, if you're listening to this as it drops, it would be like two days later, right? So look I for think. us. We, we don't have any uh, merch yet, but if we did, you'd see us wearing it. So, you know, yes. look for we us. May have some, may see some flyers, some stickers. We have some friends in the house that'll help us out with that. So it'll be good if we make it. If it snows, I'm not going. Fuck that. No. And, you know, if we, if we do go, maybe we'll uh, meet everyone beforehand at the uh, Polish, not the Polish, the German <laughs> restaurant we, we went oh, to yeah. last time. 
We need to start planning that. Uh, also, side note, uh, you're going to have to drive, so I'm going to pitch in for gas because my radio still doesn't work. No worries. <laughs> Unless you want to talk for three hours. I don't know if that's <laughs> going to be. Uh, Maybe that'll know. be the wrap up show. We'll record it in the van. Oh, geez. This is all good ideas. <laughs> Speaking of good ideas, do we have uh, anything else here as I'm looking? I think we've kind of uh, gotten everything out of the way. I think we're ready to dive in because I got a lot to talk about. I'm like Frank Costanza. I got, I got a lot to talk about here, and you're going to hear my my grievances. I, I don't know. I got problems with this one. I'm, I'm ready for this one. I'm excited. Let's jump on in. We are talking Bury Me Alive, one of the five new tracks that they put on the reissue. Producer on this track, as always, Mike E. Clark. Now, I put a note here, and I don't know... Any other time we're going to get to talk about this. I don't know if this is 100%, but I'm just going to throw it out there as a Detroit story, because that's what we do is give people a Detroiter uh, inside info on on these things, right? Put the siren on. Detroit card. (laughs) Why do you think he goes by Mike E. Clark? You know, like it's always been Mikey Clark, right? Right. Back, and this may have been a tad before your time, remembering Drew and Mike doing the morning show on on the radio. Right. So that, they were like super popular. I mean, like popular enough where they were beating Howard Stern locally. Yeah, Um, they were huge for sure. Yeah. And uh, so the two guys, Drew Lane and Mike Clark, I distinctly remember Mike Clark, the radio guy, being so big that when Mike E. Clark had his like AOL account, he would say like in his little profile, not that Mike Clark. <laughs> so around the city, you know, as big as we think the producer is, the that radio show was huge. Oh so, yeah, for sure. That would be way bigger at the time. I don't even, know if even now probably name wise, I mean producers are yeah, much just credit, like, but yeah, Mike Clark locally was huge. Yeah, just random sir. If you walked into Joe D's right now and asked who Mike Clark was, they'd be talking about the riff and Arthur Penalo, and you know they'd be going down that road. They wouldn't know who Mike E. Clark was. I yeah, just, every every I, forty to sixty year old white male in Metro Detroit knows Mike Clark, the radio host, not Mike E. Clark. Yeah, every asshole who was in traffic at a going to a shitty job knows who <laughs> Drew and Mike were. Drew and Mike in the morning. And the best rock all day long. Party! <laughs> Time for Delbert. Marcel. Marcel. Hey, what's happening with the wings, Mickey? No, I, I. Let's see what's going on in the news with Trudy Daniels. Let's go for some donut shop terrorism already. Drew and Mike. Weekday mornings, 5.30 to 10. 101 WRIF. Don't even think about not thinking about us. Are you ready? Ready. Thank, Thank you, Detroit. Detroit. Yep, we got shut. Whoa. I just wonder, you know, if that's why he tacked the E on there. Something to look when, into. When did Mike and Clark, or Mike and Clark, <laughs> Drew, <laughs> when did Drew and Mike start? Because, I mean, Mike Clark was, Mike E. Clark was uh, doing that pretty early, but. I mean, not, if we're going to say that Mike E. Clark, the producer, was getting big, even let's say Riddle Box, right? Like so, like '95, mm-hmm. Drew and Mike were way bigger than that before then. Because I was listening to them going to high school, so that was like '94, '95, and they were already huge. Drew and Mike show from 1991 to 2003. 
Yeah, so Two, I mean, I'm sorry. Probably, 2013. That's probably about the time he was starting off, I would think. 91? Yeah, I mean, because if he was on, what do you call it? Carnival of Carnage, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, 91, 92 roughly exactly the same time but yeah definitely drew and mike blew up way before mike e yeah got back yeah, that's so. interesting if that's why he tacked on that'd be something to ask him if we were running to him unfortunately we cannot ask mike clark because the radio guy is dead so he died a couple of years ago but mike e clark still lives with the moniker of mec Way to bring it down, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Uh, oh, well, I lost. I lost connection for a minute there, and all I heard was <laughs> the radio guy died. So I, I tried to. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Come on yeah. now, plug those uh, headphones back in. Come I on. Itch, now. I itch my ear, and I notice it, it deconnects it when I uh, touch it. So. <laughs> you this is only the 18th episode and now you're learning learning you know, as i go well most time we were in person you know anyways uh that's the story of mike clark <laughs> versus mike e clark time on this track four minutes and eight seconds i would say that's long but for us that's pretty normal yeah and as we went through these it seems like a lot of them have the uh hook drawn on way longer than they should you know and that eats up half a minute of time that makes it this long yeah, we got a nice little uh, 30-something second intro, and then it jogs out at the end, so that's about right for here. Uh, track number 11 on the reissued CD, so they toss it there uh, towards the bottom, but not too far down. Uh, I don't have in front of me where, you know, what's before or after it. Do you have that uh, handy? Yes, I have it right here It comes after what the fuck and right before hound dogs Interesting. so um on the original what the fuck is followed by another smoke break so just toss it in there i got that i don't think that's a terrible placement but no you, know, you got I the intro we'll... to intro to work you into the song because what the fuck is like so intense all the way to the end you know well, that's not bad good job guys <laughs> island knew what they were doing uh let's island, see. island had no part of this so you signed the check <laughs> They're pretty much. They had no idea what was going on. <laughs> like, what the fuck uh, is weird shit? <laughs> Let's see. Um, there is a sample in this, but we can talk about that when it happens, right? Um, yeah, it's not a, a sample in terms of the beat, you know, that we know of. Yeah, it's just it's, a uh, yeah, vocal a sample. S- snippet, if you will. Um, and just to get it out of the way, because there's nothing different about it. This song is also found on the Big Money Hustlers soundtrack. And that's the only place it's found, uh, I do believe. It so the Big Money like Hustlers soundtrack just tracks they randomly threw on there? I don't know if I asked this last time, but I haven't watched it in so long. Like, I don't remember those songs playing through the movie. Were they playing through the movie, like in scenes? <sighs> that's a good question. Um I haven't watched it in so long. Maybe they're like in the background. Yeah. Or did they just throw random fucking songs in there? Yeah. Like that's how it feels. But, you know, it's been so long. I don't know. I don't know if there's a big cinematic scene, you know, like on uh, Goodfellas. They open the the freezer truck and Layla kicks in. Does Bury Me Alive <laughs> kick in a very perfect time? I don't remember. Anyway, what did I care? I wasn't asking for anything. And besides, Jimmy was making nice money with me through my Pittsburgh connections. Still. Months after the robbery, they were finding bodies all over. 
I mean, you would think they would match it up with the artists, but I mean, we've already learned there's like three of these tracks from the reissue are on there, right? So, I mean, I don't think every time Twisted came out, they did it. So, no, I, they did. Now that I'm thinking about it, they did play like Cotton Candy or something when Shaggy's like having sex with that big fat woman, right? They're playing ICP song during that. Is that in the first one or the second one? I think it's in both. He has sex with the overweight women. Yeah, he. <laughs> we've learned that he's, uh, you know. He's all-inclusive. Fat, big, bald. <laughs> Jesus. Wolf's on the back. <laughs> calm, calm down there. I I would have gotten you. I would have covered you. It's okay. That's <laughs> I started. <laughs> We're not live, pal. It's okay. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Uh, let's dive right into it. We've gotten all the bullshit out of the way. This song starts with a, like I said, a 30-second intro. Violent J is on this track. If anyone is keeping track at home, that is the fourth track out of four that he is on. But he hasn't Uh, really wrapped in any. He's just been sprinkled in, you know, just adding a little bit of zest to the tracks. (laughs) Is that what you call it? He's sprinkling it on there, like you used to say? Getting a little bit of rubski for everybody. All right, hold on. I have to yell at the dog. George, stop it! Stop. <laughs> He's been licking for like two minutes straight, and I'm waving my arms like a fucking maniac, and he wasn't stopping. <laughs> now I thought you were about to yell at me about Violent J. No. <laughs> now he's just staring at me, and as soon as I start talking, he's going to just keep licking. Are you done? Are you done? He's mad because I had french fries here, and he couldn't have any. <laughs> so, in this song here, Violent J's intro... I would say he's playing a character, if you will, of uh, even though he like name drops Alex Abbas, he's talking about that to me, it's like he's uh, either like a, a music producer, you know, or someone in a record label saying, hey, we're going to get you guys doing this. This is how we're going to get you big. And mm-hmm. he drops a multitude of different funny ways, I guess, back in the day that you would think you would get an artist to be noticed, right? Um, I wrote a bunch of them down. Some of them are funny. Some of them are stupid. And some of them ICP actually ended up doing. So we're going to get to that. Like, he talks about, like, getting him on Jenny Jones and Ricky Lake, who are uh, morning talk show hosts. I don't know if kids today even... Yeah, like, do people even know... (laughs) Do they even have those anymore? I mean, they have like Wendy Williams and Kelly Clarkson and The View. Like those are on anymore. They're but they're kind of like that. Like I was gonna say like Donahue and Sally Jesse, (laughs) but that's way dating ourselves. He talks about getting them on VH1, getting them on Road Rules. (laughs) It's Rock and Jock, which is real funny because I love Rock and Jock. Oh yeah, Rock and Jock was the the best. I'm surprised they haven't brought that back with nostalgia. I know. Uh, If anyone doesn't know, Rock and Jock was artists actors, famous people mixing in with uh, athletes playing basketball, ended up being softball. They had like bowling. They had real shitty ones at the yeah, end. Yeah, the, the two, the softball, basketball is the best. And then softball was solid. Because then you had big big Kevin Nash coming out there and hitting the magic eight ball. Yeah, <laughs> Cecil Fielder hit the eight ball. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. basketball, oh. you had like the 40-point rim way up high. I remember Gary Payton was hitting that. Yeah, those are the good old days. Those are some of those are still on YouTube, but definitely yeah, worth a watch. Shit quality though, like you gotta have to dig and find some. But yeah, yeah Rocket Jock was the shit. 
and like I said, road rules, real world. It's real funny that he was like, we're going to get blaze on the real world. <laughs> now, it's funny that they say that because, like, again, Blaze's CD at this point hasn't come out. So he's only on, what, two songs on this mm-hmm. album. He's on Riders Upcoming. But to an average person picking this up, I wonder if they'd be like, who the hell is Blaze? Yeah, I mean, I guess once you get through the album, you connect the dots and be like, oh, that's that guy on those songs. Must be like, you know, you get kind of get hyped for the new dude. But yeah, when you're first hearing it, you're like, who the hell are you talking about? Because isn't, didn't you say Hound Dogs is the song after this? Right. So like, you wouldn't even know who that is at this point. Maybe, unless you're like super fan. But so some of the funny ones that I picked up on here, he says he'll get them on the Warp Tour. So <laughs> Twisted has been on multiple warp tours. Right. So it's like a staple that now for them. <laughs> yeah. Uh Spin Magazine. ICP has definitely been on Spin multiple times, right? Right. Yeah, I believe uh, so on the cover. Talking about touring with Marilyn Manson, which neither of them have done, but I'd be willing to bet that either one of them probably would. Maybe um, not now. <laughs> I don't oh, know if yeah, you want, want to be connected to him now, but yeah. They they would twist like, would have been a fit for him into there. He was like canceled ten years ago. Like he gets canceled every couple of years. Yeah, doesn't he kind of comes back. Like he's been hanging out with Kanye now because it's like Kanye's uncancelable or something. You know? <laughs> what did I? I hate to ask this. What's the last thing that Manson did? Was it that like he abused his girlfriend? Yeah, I guess that's what it was. He was like very uh, abusive and like degrading, like you know, mental mental abuse and shit like that. That's gotcha. What I thought. And it's then a lot of not, people were defending you know, him, I know. Yeah, it's kind of back and forth. All I know is I liked his last album a lot, so take him away from the music. That album was pretty good. Yeah, I haven't listened to it in a while, but it wasn't that bad. Had, uh, uh, Shooter Jennings producing a lot of it, I think. Correct. That's, I think, why we liked it. <laughs> and then, it's, again, real funny. He makes a joke about, we're going to get you on a tour. You're going to be playing after Coolio and right before Mace. Now, ICP ends up touring and doing like songs with Coolio. Coolio's got a goddamn hatchet man tattoo on him now. He's got juggle uh, misspelled on his arm. <laughs> he does. And like I think they would I'm sure Mace has been at a gathering, right? No. <laughs> you don't think so? No, because Mace oh. got super religious and like he only did a handful of shows when he came back. I don't think he like did a lot. Maybe I'm thinking of Warren G and Nate Dog. Yeah. Warren G definitely there. did like that West Coast one. Yeah. Man, I swear, yeah, maybe not. I swear Mace was that one. But there's been so many people at random ones. But regardless, if he did a tour and asked them to be on it, ICP would be on it tomorrow. So the shit that they made fun of back in 1998, they would do all of this right now in a second, right? Yeah, different times, though. Like, that was the thing. You were the outsiders, you know, that was your moniker then. Oh, we're going to get into that. Don't we? Do, do you want to get into that right now, or do you want to no, wait? No, we can wait. We can wait. <laughs> we can keep going through I, this pop culture yeah. breakdown here. I think that's about all that I could pull, <laughs> unless you remember any other funny ones from that little... Uh, no, because I don't have the lyrics to it. I didn't. I only wrote down Coolio just because I was, wanted to make fun of his tattoo that he got. <laughs> uh, the only other one I think I wrote down was uh, like music video awards. I think that was the very first one, so yeah, whatever. So, yeah, that's just a bunch of little things that they threw out there that were in the times they were they made sense. 20 years later, yeah, maybe pop, people don't pop know culture what they are. for 1999, <laughs> which is right up our alley, but maybe not yeah. for people who are listening to this right now. So, yeah, he throws all that, those out there again. The story is that, you know, someone's 
trying to sell them on, hey, this is how I'm going to get you big, like they're a PR executive or whatever. And then mm-hmm. Monoxide's verse kicks in, and basically the song is about, fuck all that, we're not trying to get big that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll save my rant for the end. Uh, but we can just <laughs> yeah, we'll go through the, the song. First. <laughs> we'll try. I'll try my best. But if you <laughs> test me, <laughs> we're going to have to stop. Poking the bear. Yeah, if you push my buttons, I'm going to fucking explode. Uh, Monoxide gets the first verse. Uh, a couple interesting things here. Uh, right off the bat, I don't give a fuck, right? Dead face with the eyes white. So is that the first time in the city they talked about their contacts? I think being so. Being whited out? I was just thinking, too, that next line, intimidate you in my eyes. Like, they were scary as fuck to look at back then. Like, <laughs> I see them in person, like, doing the in-store and stuff. Oh, man, those guys are creepy with those whited out eyes yeah i still think people are creepy when they do that (laughs) but that's definitely part of their gimmick you know and i think they this is a really dumb question do they still do it i don't know yeah that's like i mean they they go back and forth and have their old face paint now yeah i don't think they were the the... (laughs) like their fucking (laughs) ultimate warrior (laughs) yeah that's a good question i feel like they don't because i feel like it's very jarring scene like when you see those eyes yeah. I feel like I would have noticed it, you know, seeing them recently. I don't know. Why? Were you staring them dead in the eye? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, was lo- I was lost in a trance. Madrax when he was, uh, I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> I think think your eyes were crossed after one too many beers at Fight Fest. <laughs> hey, you know, partying with some out-of-towners, it was good. We had a good time. <laughs> we did. That's, that's always a good time, right? Right. Another thing I thought was real funny in these lyrics. So, again, think about this. This is, I guess I had time to write this, but this comes out in summer, you know, fall of 99. My shit's for killers with the twisted tats on their backs. Who had a twisted tattoo? (laughs) And I'm not knocking it. I know a ton of people do. Yeah, but having it that early in the in the run. (laughs) Who's the first motherfucker that got a twisted tattoo? I wonder. Yeah, that's fast. That's a fast. I mean, I guess if people are already tatted up with ICP at that point, and when the reissue comes out, twisted's like hot as them. I don't know. Yeah, it seems too early. It seems like freak show. Maybe you get people starting to tattoo your gimmick on you. Yeah, because if this. If the original came out nine, I guess you had nine months before this. Even say you took a couple months to write and record the song, it's doable. But I don't think someone's seeing them on tour before the first CD drops, right? And getting a tattoo, right? Maybe they're just know. maybe they're just putting it out there into the universe. Like they're like, we we see those Joker card tattoos. That's sweet. We want them. Let's just say it, and then people will start getting them. It's that's what they did. Possible. I just, I'm sure. If you get big, you remember the first time someone does something like that, right? Like, oh, for sure. The, fir- the first time they were at an in store and they're like, holy shit, you got my face tattooed on you. Right. That's weird. That's, That's weird. cool. Not too many people had like HFK tattoos back then, did they? I don't really. No, I can't imagine. Now, maybe, you, yeah, some, but not then. Uh, let's see what else. Rewind, rewinding uh, just a little bit, just a little note. Living with the maggots. I feel like that's a reoccurring theme in the juggalo culture is talking about being down and hanging with the maggots. You know, you got one for the maggots. You got let's all be maggot feed on the new song. That's true. <laughs> They're always hanging there. I just feel like maggots, are, it's used a lot in the juggalo lingo. 
I've got a maggot face and I don't care. Yeah. I think we're going to go top five maggot related songs <laughs> in the juggle universe. Maggot related songs. <laughs> All right. We'll remember that for a future season. Right. Uh, Masters of the Black Magic is also interesting. That's something that they talk about. That's a Lotus song, you know, upcoming, but uh, right. it's yeah, just a touch on the occult. You guys kind of touched on a little bit last week that Twisted kind of, I feel like, almost stirs the ship towards Lotus, like with the undead and uh, occult and um, like possession stuff, all that stuff that very Lotus-like. I feel like Twisted was the one that kind of stirred the ship in that direction. Yeah, it's weird when you say it like that because Twisted is more horror movie like and icps is more like cartoony like uh right play with me and fucking songs like that you know what i mean that are yeah not about possession so much but are about like goofy shit so, yeah i think twisted has really kind of pushed them in that direction for that album that's interesting see i would think the opposite i would think that's straight icp but you're that's right. You think Mr. Micromanager is in charge of it all? No. Well, I mean that's also true, but in this case, I just assumed that was the direction they wanted to go in, and Twisted's like, I don't. Yeah. Know, it doesn't yeah, make I, sense when you say it, but like they were already there. They were like adjacent to it, but not like, hey, let's get fucking a book of spells. Like that was. No, I don't think. I don't think they like pitched the idea per se. I think maybe. They, as we say, Jay's always kind of you know the leader of the ideas. Like maybe Jay just got super into the what Twisted was doing and bringing, and like you know he kind of was influenced by that. Maybe like if he's like, man, this shit's sweet. The stuff you guys are talking about, let's go in that direction more. It's like you can't talk about wrestling, but I can talk about the occult. <laughs> that he never said that. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. You just said that's exactly what you just said. No, and I, quote, <laughs> I did not vote any words. I said. I said. I think he was heavily influenced by the sound of Twisted. It was brought. And he was. He was invigorated in his career to do more stuff like that. As right. as he once pointed out on the Wraith, I know Jimmy Madrax rapped about something like this, and then he he rapped about being buried alive as well. <laughs> was that on the Wraith or was that on the second one? That was on Wraith, yeah. When he was, it's uh it's one of the last yeah. songs, like the the Ravens one or whatever. Yeah, I can like, yeah, you're, I can like picture. You hear picture. the glass I can break hear, and he starts. Yeah, they like change the beat, and like how yeah. it sounds. Someone knows, we don't. We we can only concentrate on one CD at a time. Right. God damn it, can't know every <laughs> lyric to every song. I, I know enough to bring it up and reference it. That's good enough. Give me props. Yeah, for you just <laughs> you just float it out there and hope someone else grabs onto it. Except when it's me and you, and we're like, uh, fuck. We can just say maggot face and be okay with it. I don't care. <laughs> That's a great song. Oh yeah, it is. Uh, my shits for killers screaming. I would rather die than see you motherfuckers doing MTV live. Not a lot of twist out on MTV, but definitely soon after this, ICP was trying to get on MTV. That's for sure. Oh, I, and I helped call and push those numbers to try to get them on a TRL. <laughs> you, and you bought the extra Bizarre Bizarre tapes. That's right. <laughs> Good job. Congratulations. I'm, I was part of the carnival. <laughs> Still are. Uh, <laughs> anything else on this uh, Monoxide first verse that you, you know, that sticks out to you? No, I think we hit them all. Yeah, we didn't get that. That's the very end there, but there's nothing else. Again, yeah, rapping about hanging out with the dead. That's a, uh, you know, rock the dead. We, we discussed that. That's their, that's their thing. They love hanging out with the dead folk. They do. 
Mr. Dead Folks? Including Mr. Dead Folk himself. (laughs) Uh, And so we've alluded to it, but let's just say it now, and then we'll get back to it at the end. Uh, Keep us a secret to the world and watch the posse increase. So if you feel me, why don't you just bury me alive? Insinuating, burying alive, being staying underground, as in away from mainstream media Mm -hmm. and music and... I mean, obviously, you go through these lines, he fucking says it multiple, multiple times. You can keep the mainstream life. But just the idea of burying someone alive is putting them under the ground, thus away from the mainstream. We just, obviously, you know, we want to make that clear that it's the name of the song, and that's what Jay talked about, it's what everyone talks about. Mm-hmm. So. Then they hit the chorus, which... My genius notes, I think, are wrong, but that's okay. Uh, Bury me alive, run with the psychopathic hatchet, and then my notes say, then hide? They don't say then hide, right? No, he says run with the psychopathic hatchet man, right? That's what they say. That's what I... I I was leaning towards that, too. (laughs) That's what I always yell, right? (laughs) Well, that's all that matters. Fuck the lyric sheet. I care what, what you yell when right. you're in your fucking geo tracker. <laughs> that's 100% accurate. <laughs> We're going to skip ahead and just say it right now. Keep it in your click. Fuck the outside. That quote is the A number one lyric withstanding the test of time in the song. Keep it in your click. Fuck the outside. I will go and just say this is one of the first songs of the whole, like, making the whole juggalo, like, us versus them thing i think up until this point the music was not as like set to like this is a this is our group and you're an out and fuck everyone else i feel like this this is the time when they start really getting heavy in that agreed and you can argue is this the start of like the quote-unquote family era like it's people think of the family situation as all-inclusive of all the fans and everyone coming together. But truly, this could be the first hiccup in that where it's pushing everyone else away and then bringing in the people that want to be there. Right, yeah, for sure. Because this is this is the era where you shit-talk people. Like, they, they, they do those skits about Juffalos, you know, people who buy the CD and don't know. <laughs> that this, we'll get to that in the next song. But yeah, yeah this is an era where you're like shit talking people if they're not in and, you know, knowing it. Right. And they talk about that in the next yeah. verse or somewhere. Uh, what's his name? Jamie talks about that. All right. Did I hear you uh, crack one open over there? What are you pairing <laughs> with burying me alive? Um, a nice blackberry hibiscus seltzer. Hmm, the blackberry from under the ground. Yeah, so I'm I'm still there's no official pairings. We'll save that for next season. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the store and specifically look for beers to pair with each song. So keep on the lookout gonna... for next season. Next season I'll be <laughs> doing my homework for for beers, and you can drink along, baby. Maybe we'll announce it before the the episode. I'm dying to do that. I'm dying to pick <laughs> some out for you too. Yeah. Well, that's gonna be I'll, so you fun. You come with me to the store, and we'll we'll pick them out. I'll drink whatever the hell it is. <laughs> Maybe you should have had a nice potato vodka for this because they're oh. grown from the underground, right? And then when I was in Poland, it almost put me in the underground. 
<laughs> made Aaron, cousin Aaron, shit his pants, right? <laughs> yeah, me and cousin Aaron either were going to be in the gulag or we would have been dead uh, by the end of that night. It was, we we're lucky to get out alive. That's a, that's a bonus episode in itself, yeah, right we'll there. Sa- save that for a YouTube exclusive interview with me and cousin Aaron. <laughs> when you return back to the homeland, you kind of <laughs> trace your steps of your piss and vomit through the streets of Warsaw. We were excited. We. <laughs> felt the pride running through us that night <laughs> something running through you <laughs> second verse jamie madrox uh kind of the same as the first staying with the idea of staying away from the mainstream shutting them out almost like it's funny we always say how he paints a picture sealing up the mainstream ears with cr- crazy glue so they can't hear a word we say like literally shunning themselves from mainstream fans mainstream media mm-hmm. and then later on again i'm not going to knock them for doing this because you never know what actually happens when he talks about they stay unedited like yeah. rock the dead they literally put out the cd <laughs> single to radio stations to play and it was edited but again that's not always their doing that's just what has to be done right so technicalities you know yeah, I, I'm. I am not knocking. I mean, I'll get into a rant in a little bit, but okay. I'm not. I'm not strictly saying like, "Hey, I can't believe he said that," and then they did that. Fuck them. Like that's not where I'm going with that. So just just for clarity, it's not going in that direction. I was just bringing up something funny. Another line that I think everyone kind of hits when they play this live is uh, and tell you what to listen to, and everyone at MTV can suck my dick. That's like a huge line. Uh, what do you call it? A, a crowd response line, right? Oh, yeah. Get you fired up for sure. You were in the fuck MTV camp, right? I oh, yeah. I've been yelling it at Fright Fest this year if they said it. <laughs> <laughs> nowadays, nowadays, MTV doesn't even make sense for a musician. The kids who hear this will be like, what the hell are you talking about? Why would they want to be on the um, ridiculousness channel? <laughs> Everyone at Spotify can suck my dick. <laughs> Everyone, Everyone on YouTube.com can suck my dick. That's the only place that plays videos nowadays. I know. Telling me would be the shit if they labeled us. <laughs> if, um, they, if they gave us unskippable ads. <laughs> if, if they put us up on Bandcamp. <sighs> Man, yeah, buzz clip. That's something that no one nowadays knows what the hell that means. Yeah, that was just... Like, did they not play the full video? They just played, like, a snippet of it? But it, it always felt like it was a very certain genre, right? It was, like, like not grunge, but not, like, alternative, kind of. Like, they didn't just do every shithead rapper or, or album, right? It was... I, I thought Buzz Clip was a very specific genre, but maybe I'm misremembering. Yeah, I thought it was just, like, they would play a... Like, the hot song, like, would just pop in throughout the day at, like... Like you said, not the full thing, just a little, a little snippet. I'm looking, I'm looking up now a list of MTV buzz clips. Oh, boy. Yeah, there's, uh, it's alternative, like cutting edge, new. That's what it is, like stuff. So that was almost like, yeah, not fully mainstream. It was like what was hip at the time. Yeah, I just remember very specific bands and songs doing it. It wasn't like, hey, here's the new... You know, Mariah Carey or fucking Diddy or Meatloaf. Like, it wasn't everyone that did it. That's, I just dated myself for every video that came out in 1994. But uh, 
I mean, there's big names on this list, but I think it was like when they were coming up, you know, like the Eminem's on here, but I think it was like right when that first song was hidden. So they're like, oh, this has got a lot of buzz behind it, you know? But so man. Def- definitely not on that list. Correct. <laughs> well, they didn't have a video for a little bit here either, so. <laughs> uh, we be beneath the underground, rising with the hatchet. You can hear the wicked sound. So if they throw the hatchet reference in there, you know, you got to. You're on psychopathic. You got the chain. You're part of the cl- the click. You are. You were part of the click. You had a ch- did you have a hatchet man charm? I still have it. 2000. Not, I don't. I didn't have the big one. I I used to rock the little, the smaller one. And it was more a discreet. <laughs> I wear the discreet little hatchet man with my three X jersey that was way too big. <laughs> I was like, now. I was like a little. Uh, I had a little bit of a hint of alternative to me. You know, I had the chain wallet, so I thought I had the Kelly Green Malenko shirt, so I thought the smaller hatchet man fit more of my alternative look. <laughs> <laughs> You're, yours is a little little baby boy with your little baby hatchet, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I felt too weird with the big-ass hatchet, man. I just wanted a, one that was a normal size charm, which I still yeah, have if, it. If there were... Uh, if the, <laughs> Jesus Christ. If there are two shapes of juggalos from our era, it was either like lanky and skinny or big and fat. So <laughs> yeah. you, you were the uh, the small hatchet man wearing. Oh, yeah. I was tiny. I, I used to get uh, sucked up in the crowd, and I'd move with the sea of humanity on the floor. My feet weren't touching the ground, and I would just be shoulder to shoulder with people like moving in the sea without touching the floor. That a tiny sucked. boy back then. Even, I mean, I've always been a big boy. Fucking Halloween 2001. I think my feet were not on the ground during Lotus. <laughs> that was scary as fuck. It is. A little, it was good for crowd surfing back then, though, being tiny. You'd get up super quick, get on stage back in the day. That was yeah, fun. You were a nimble little boy. <laughs> I was like a little Rey Mysterio back then. <laughs> I'm picturing you now like. Now more like Dominic. <laughs> I'm picturing you like Josh Matthews on Tough Enough with like the, like the tight ass choker necklace and little hatchet man on it and just fucking flying around. I'm like Chris Harvard, smart Chris and methodical. I say Chris. I'm like modern day Chris Hero now. <laughs> Garrett's like Maven with his dashing good looks. Oh, are we done with Madrox's verse? Is there anything else, or can we keep going? No, it's just, I I enjoy it. Not as not his uh, you know top skill flowing, but it's a fun get you know fun anthem to get along with for sure. Got yeah, it's Ouija, good. Uh, Ouija board in there, which is fun. Always good. Yeah, talk axes and Ouija board. Yeah, he he hits all of his boxes. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> then you hit the chorus again, and then you hit the sample. Keep it in your big fuck the outside. <laughs> So, do you want to explain to everyone what that sample is from? Yeah, it's uh, Ice Cube from Gangsta Gangsta on uh, NWA's. Uh, which album is that? Is that just uh, self titled? No, that was on NWA Straight Out of Compton, I believe. A little fun note, there's there's from two different parts of the song. So um the Furry of Buckshots part uh, is I th- I think it's part of the hook of the actual song, and then the hit him with the right left, they ruthless guy or goddamn they ruthless, that's like the end of his verse. So you just hmm. 
I, I, I can't remember. I have to go back and listen. But they de- definitely from two different parts of the song. They pull and uh, smush together. So that's a little interesting tidbit. You don't like how I'm living? Well, fuck you. This is a gang. And I'm in it. My man Trey will fuck you up in a minute with a right, left, right, left. You're toothless. And then you say, God damn, they roof flip. Let's start some shit. I got a shotgun. And here's the plot. Taking niggas out with the flurry of buckshot. Yeah, that's kind of like your uh, Halloween 3 one, right? Where they pull multiple things and yeah, pull it together. Mish, like mish it's all it together. Well, that's good. Mess with the voice a little bit. It's not, you know, it's, it's clearly Ice Cube. It doesn't sound exactly like him. Definite, definite influence from Violent J with the <laughs> <laughs> sounding like Ice Cube. Now you're just straight up putting Ice Cube on your CD. They love Ice Cube. Who doesn't? Everyone loves Ice Cube. I'm sure they got the clearance for that, right? <laughs> That's probably why it's not anywhere to be found. Outside That's of funny. Hidden on that, but, ch- that most of that uh, big money hustler soundtrack <laughs> that no one's paying attention to. <laughs> They take off songs with samples and they put one on that has one from fucking Ice Cube. <laughs> yeah, ridiculous sample. Yeah, well, that's a, it's okay. Yeah, but isn't I, this the era too? Like we've we've discussed this all season, saying that sample clearances were an issue. But this is an area where they you could still get away with sampling on beats, couldn't you? Where like you wasn't this still like when. Puffy was just straight up jacking parts of songs and making beats with them. Yeah, but he's not, not fully getting in trouble. He's puffy though. Like yeah, but it wasn't like now where you have to legit get a get clearance from the artist and label. Like I think, I think it was still at a time where you could get away with just taking stuff and then paying a paying a fee to him or something. You know, it wasn't Maybe. it wasn't as strict as it was now when it comes to sampling. This is probably the best time to tell this story, and I'll make it real quick. Uh, <laughs> We, I wish I remembered what song it was. It was something on a cryptic CD. It was either one or two, and it was a Jamie Madrox song. So maybe it was like a Mr. Bones song. And he talks about like every fucking brand name known to man. You know, like just so much shit that you have to like get clearance for now. And we knew a girl. A lady, if you will, who was sleeping with Alex Abbas. And she <laughs> claims that he got a phone call or he was fielding phone calls for like Jekyll Brothers, I think. And like lawyers just kept hitting him up with like, hey, you know, you have to get this cleared, this cleared, like people's names, brand names, all that shit. And she's laying there and he's doing all this. And then. <laughs> When when he hangs up, she was like, well, what about that Twisted song where they just fucking named, you know, every brand name known to man? And he said, quote, no one listens to Twisted. <laughs> <laughs> to which I'm sure he meant no one who's pulling this kind of thing, you know, like right. uh, samples or lawyers or anything like that is listening that deep. But just the quote, no one listens to Twisted, <laughs> stuck with us for many years. I mean, it's more so just no one's listening to a self-released mixtape as opposed to a, you know island record release. You know, that's the that's mainly the difference there on those two. Oh, I agree. I, Very, I'm not but fu- funny nonetheless. Yeah, I just uh, apologies to Twisted and to Alex Abbas for. Yeah, he's trying to trying to get heat now. They're boys. 
<laughs> I'm sure it was meant in not that way, but the fact that, you know, we got Alex's pillow talk is... <laughs> Visualizing him in a robe, smoking a cigarette, <laughs> fielding lawyer phone calls. I picture him talking like uh, his Azad character in Big Money Hustlers. It's <laughs> a great character. <laughs> he had his own t-shirt, goddamn. That was great. Everyone in a t-shirt from that era, so good. <sighs> All right, maybe we'll edit that <laughs> story out. Maybe that shouldn't be told. We'll, you no, sit on fine. that. You, you, you think there. about it. Let me know if I have to cut it. <laughs> Uh, the names have been changed to protect the innocent. I don't honestly don't even remember which slut it was. It was just some some whore that Tom knew. So. Man, that's more offensive than what he said. <laughs> well, she's sleeping with Alex Abbas. Well, maybe they probably, maybe they had a real relationship. You don't know that. You I'm pretty sure, pretty sure it was while Tom was sleeping with her. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I understand. Let's move on. All right. Uh that name was not protected for the innocent. Tom is <laughs> our friend who, yeah. All right. Uh, now we get to Monoxide's second verse. Uh, I'm sorry. The third verse is split Madrox and Monoxide. I don't know if there's anything really crazy in either one of these that I pulled out, like, that needs to be talked about, you know? Unless I'm mistaken, when Monoxide, I think we talked about this in an earlier episode. Monoxide says psychopathic. He says psychopathic, which I fucking hate. I think it's stupid. <laughs> hey, you you're ranting about that previously. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know. His verse I, is just there. I, I don't. I like his. I think he. I think he. Uh, he steals the show in this one. Outside. You of, think uh, so? Over Madrox of the two. I also laugh because he says this ain't no cl- this ain't no club shit, so ain't nobody dancing. And I just visualize him doing that little like shimmy he does, you know, with his arms holding the microphone when he dances. <laughs> I visualize him dancing while he's singing it. Two songs ago, he said, "If you have nubs or no hair, get out there and start <laughs> dancing." Yeah, what is it? Are we supposed to dance or not, Monoxide? <laughs> Make up your goddamn mind. <laughs> I want to dance to this. <laughs> You want to dance to everything. <laughs> I have a good time. And then uh, Madrox, next verse. Again, I don't think anything I can really pull out of here that's fantastic. It is funny that this is where we go into the, uh, you're a bandwagon rider giving Juggalos a bad name. Oh, before that, I'm sorry. Say you bought the album, but you don't know a single cut. So <laughs> alluding to people who are trying to be fans, but aren't truly fans. So. And Jim was serious then. They're like, they're saying they'll fuck you up and people at the time took that shit real like i don't know if they're yeah, fucking like, people up but they were definitely like putting you on the spot to make sure you knew knew what was up what was up yeah like you had to be a real fan if you were unknowing of something like it was definitely uh what do you call it like a hierarchy of, of fandom right. which and Pete was at the I, top of that totem pole <laughs> <laughs> i feel like that's gone away a little bit but uh, yeah, it's I'm more sure inclusive. It's like you said, that family thing bled from just like, uh, this is the family, fuck out, and then now it's, we'll let anyone in the family. We're friendly to all. Yeah, that's God. We can't get like bogged down on this, but it is funny that for being the family and all inclusive, they definitely didn't want people coming into their family. It was very uh, gatekeepy, as the kids say now. Yeah, ahead of its time on that. And not as shitty, maybe because there was no social media. Like, as the gatekeeping on social media has gotten with every um, subculture, like, what would you call it? Like, uh, you know, like 
Star Wars fans, Marvel movie fans, like everyone's just the worst of the worst because of social media <laughs> when it comes to those. Like I love all of it, but you know, everyone has their annoying fans online. So I imagine if there is social media in like 99, 2000, when you were hardcore into this, I can't imagine. Yeah. The gatekeeping, like you say on that level. I mean, it's even bad enough just in like AOL chat rooms. Like if you yeah, didn't that, know that was something. Probably the were... version of it. Yeah. AOL chat for sure. Now it's all good, and we're way past that. All right. I almost forgot about the whole rant, so let me... I uh, just want to take note that uh, Madrox wiping his ass with the magazines. That sounds very uncomfortable. It does. Magazines for toilet paper. Says glorified for the assholes. That's it's not a glorified toilet paper. That's like a very uncomfortable toilet paper. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. <laughs> All right, so I had someone, one of our uh, listeners, bring this up and ask if we were going to talk about it, and I'm like, oh yeah, don't you worry, I'm going to talk about this. So I put my notes away, and let's just speak from the heart. It is interesting that for all, I will say ICP, or just psychopathic in general, that... Mm -hmm psychopathic wanted so badly to get big and famous but played the card that they were trying to stay underground and this could go into an entirely different rant and i'll try not to take it that way because there's multiple people to blame here uh fuck it i am gonna take it that way uh i hate fans who accuse people of bands or anyone of selling out when they get big like the definition of to me of selling out is changing what you do and what you believe just to chase getting famous so (laughs) locally i would say that's joe kane right (laughs) like we have a guy here a real a more real version is that's kid rock well, but but Joe, but Joe Kane literally did everything that Kid Rock did. Yeah, but he never you know, became like, famous. Kid Rock at least became famous. He like, wrote the playbook. That's true. Like, but yeah, I'm trying to think of anyone else. Like, he just like could, instead of being like the rap rock, whatever he was, then he became Bob Seger, and like just <laughs> did that to become famous. I guess he got famous off of Devil of the Cause. I guess that doesn't really count, but yeah, like I'm thinking he you could argue that he does what he likes. You know, like it's all of those were in him. I, I don't know. Like guys who change genres, I, I'm not hating on changing genres. Like Darius Rucker went country or uh what's his name? Uh, the guy from Stained went country. That's fine. Uh that's what sells. They like these are the only fan bases buy CDs. We're yeah. not going to juggle those by seeds, but they don't buy them like country fans. So I'm going to go become a country artist. <laughs> and if you, if that's in you, that's what you grew up on. That's what you want to do. So be it. Like my point was Joe Kane literally changed genres when Kid Rock changed genres. You know, he didn't do it because he went, he liked rap and then he liked rock and then he liked country. Like, it's just ironic that he did them in the same order and at the same time that someone else did. Right. Um, <laughs> but it's like, Anyone whose like favorite band is local and then they get big and they get accused of, of selling out, that's dumb. I don't have time for that. Everyone who does anything 
is doing it to make money or to get famous, whether it's singing, acting, uh, painting, you know, whatever you're doing, you're, if it's for your job, you're trying to get big. Like that's, uh, if, so if you're, you're not you're, trying to do that, like not that's, gonna, you're not going to want to be, a um, <laughs> scraping by forever. I mean, twisted became twisted because they didn't want to be not getting paid <laughs> when their house of crazies. And, you know, getting, you know, they jumped on a psychopathic because that was the next step to get to that level, you know, they didn't yeah. change. They, they changed their sound somewhat, but not to the point that, yeah, you'd call it a sellout by joining psychopathic. No. And I, I again, I don't begrudge anyone for trying to better their craft. Uh, mm-hmm. If that's what you want to do, if you want to be a local independent wrestler and just work weekends in shithole Detroit, you know, that's fine. But if you want to get bigger, better, you move outside, you wrestle bigger people, you do better things musicians you tour with different people you get on different people's cds you get bigger like that's not selling out Mm -hmm. but to now to go back on that i feel psychopathic forever has tried to get big at any means necessary which is fine Mm -hmm. but they throw that out there as like a, a parachute they're like well we're not trying to get big. Like we want to stay underground because they know that if they fail at getting big, they can always fall back on, well, we didn't want to do that. We want to stay local. It it wasn't a, uh, it wasn't a failure. It was just, yeah, it's, it's such a, I was going to say it's such a bullshit move, but like (laughs) it's, I don't know. I I think it's kind of shitty and the fans bit it and stuck with it forever you know like we're underground forever unless we're not unless we make it we're the most hated band in the world except when we're not and we get invited to woodstock you know like they play both sides of it and the people bite on whatever are they're told and i think it's kind of we i may have alluded to it last week i don't remember if that hit the cutting room floor with uh me and Jeremy, or if we put that on, on the episode, but like the the fans, especially of this era, there's just a a split of how intense you are of a fan. Mm-hmm. And some people live and die by every fucking thing they're told and stuff like that, where it's like, hey, we're underground for life, but you know, we're gonna try to sell bigger arenas and we're gonna try to get more fans and we're gonna tour in Europe and Oh, but we're not trying to get big. We're we're still staying underground, but you know, we're gonna try to get this video on MTV too. And <laughs> if we do, cool, come along with us. But if we don't, we weren't really trying. Like See, I, I don't think they were using it as like a oh, we don't wanna if we fuck up or it doesn't work, we we could use it as a crush to say we didn't fail. I think they just were more so they didn't yeah, they they had that image with the fans, especially in that era. And that wasn't even just psychopathic, in that era of yeah people wouldn't want their, their band to sell out. So I feel like everyone kind of had a tread water on like saying they weren't changing they weren't being different to get to the next level. I think psychopath, they had to do it more, but I don't think it was because they were, they didn't want to be perceived as failing. I think they just didn't want to lose the fan base they had. I think they wanted to make sure like keep them happy, but still try to uh, expand. I didn't, that's how I always took it. 
You're such a company suck ass. <laughs> I'm saying I feel like that was the time. Not even just psychopathic. Any all like those emo punk bands like Blink One Two when they wound up on MTV and their fans were pissed and like they had to kind of like walk that line too. I think it was just the times and psychopathic did, more so than others. But did they have? Maybe it's just a difference of fan base or type of music. Blink-182 didn't straight up say, or even a Green Day when they got big, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't say to their fans, man, we're trying to stay small, but like, they just, they didn't play both sides of the card. That's mm-hmm. all. Uh, Green Day was just like, fuck you. We're going from the playing in front of 20 people to playing in, on fucking Broadway. And if you don't like it, so we lost 20 fans. Fuck off. Like, it was just fine. Like, I'm okay with that. I, I know that's like anti-punk and, and that whole era that they came up in or genre they came up in. But like, fuck them. Fuck the fans. It <laughs> but is, but it they is didn't weird play that, both sides. That's all I'm saying. It's weird that ICP Psychopathic started using this theme, like the the gimmick of underground and not trying to be mainstream, right when all the mainstream stuff was happening. Like, they're on wrestling. They're on, yeah, they get invited to Woodstock. They're hitting TRL. Like, once all the time they start actually getting more publicity is when they, like, dove into that gimmick even more of being underground and outsiders, which is kind of bizarre. And there's a difference between, I don't know, we keep saying, like, Green Day or whoever, saying it, in their newsletter or to their fans or to their family or making fucking songs about it. Like how many psychopathic songs are about staying underground and fucking the, the mainstream. Like it's, it's a common theme. It's not just a thought. It's not just a t-shirt. It's literally songs that they've made about it. It's heavy in this, these couple years here from like, like this, this album on through, Bizarre, bizarre. I feel like that's kind of where, and after that, I think it kind of just kind of uh, kind of burned off. Like it, I guess they still always were like, oh, this is all only for juggles. But they, like you said, the songs and like the making fun of mainstream. I feel like it was from here through bizarre, bizarre. It's kind of like that run of tracks to me, or like that era. I don't know. I just I don't think we could go any further with talking about a song about staying underground while they're trying to get bigger now. Let me double back, and I'm sure people are going to say, you're going to accuse me of being a company man on this one. I don't think, fuck, how am I going to say this without everyone thinking I'm a shithead? (laughs) Twisted being on like Warp Tour, or going on tour with Ice Nine Kills, or Motionless and White, or any of those bands, I don't see a problem with that, because they're not, in their current incarnation... They're not saying, fuck the mainstream, like, we're not doing that, we're only doing it for this, like, and they're not selling out, although someone could say, like, hey, they just totally changed to a rock song, like, now they're a rock band (laughs) instead Mm -hmm. of uh, a rap group, but, like, I don't, I guess I can see why people would say that, but I just feel like it's an evolution of their style that they've done literally since Green Book. You know what I mean? Like they've had right. rock elements, so I don't think, I think it's the a whole sellout. Thing's gone anyways. Like I don't. I feel like anyone who uses like calls people a sellout nowadays, it's more of like, oh, you're gonna be that annoying person. Like I don't even think that's <laughs> a thought a anymore. Thing. You know, like it's especially with streaming and like you, everyone finds everything. It's like you're not 
I, I feel like the more so back in this time when you were when they were saying they're underground and people were like latching onto it and wanting to call people salads because they just didn't want they wanted to have you know they wanted to be the only one who had it once other people had that thing that's so special to them they got angry and that's why I thought they would always kind of try to because I remember the whole Woodstock thing remember like how much they had to like go out there and like make statements of how they're not selling out because they're Woodstock <laughs> and like remember, do you remember that there was like a very Could- big thing where they had to like kind of backtrack and like explain why they're on it and it was different like i feel like that was more just yeah fans were just annoying about it and like, like i said nowadays i'm sure you get some people who like you said say that about twisted because they're a rock band now and perhaps like there's so much music if that if you're bugged by that then just don't listen to them like yeah like what do you <laughs> who want? cares anymore it's so stupid to, to to use that terminology i feel like yeah you don't want your band to get bigger or get more fans or get more famous and do better it's super right. selfish but i get that it makes, like i i would say that being said the whole this song and songs like this at the time it was i was super into it i was like yeah this is my thing and fuck everyone who doesn't listen to it like you definitely bought into it for sure yeah there's there's a difference between fuck you if you don't like it or mm-hmm. fuck you I'm not giving it to you like right if there's a song about hey you bought the Wraith and you didn't like it and now you're talking shit go fuck yourself mm-hmm. I, I'm okay with that but if you're like hey I like the Wraith I don't want anyone else to buy it I hope ICP doesn't make two dimes and then I hope that they keep touring and making shirts for me that's a little preposterous right. so but I mean, I, I do the same thing. Like, there's a local band. I don't want to see them get huge. I, selfishly, like, man, I, I wish they still did whatever. Like, mm-hmm. Paradigm. I wish Paradigm was still around doing fucking CDs <laughs> right. and, and shows. I I wish Pop Evil was doing shit. Like when we saw them in front of ten people, you know. But <laughs> that. But I also wish CM Punk was wrestling in front of a hundred people at the Almada Hall. But right. But the fact is not. You know, the fact that he's on AW and whatnot, like, you're not bitter about it. You're just like, oh, that's a bummer. Like, it's cool. I've seen him then. But, yeah, to be angry that your band has made the next leap is just stupid. Which is hilarious because you were probably one of the <laughs> one of the kids at ECW that were yelling every you time someone out. signed. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Taz. You sold out. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, though, that became a thing to, like, you'd all chant that at the beginning of the match. And then at the end, everyone would, like, applaud him, you know, like. I think that part became fine where it was like part. I felt like it became part of the, the, the farewell. Like you shit them before the match. And then at the end, you give them the standing ovation as they leave. I think that's fine. Except when Mike awesome did it, when he had the title, <laughs> you know, we exceptions. Should, yeah. We should do a whole episode on that. <laughs> on, on the juggalo podcast, not right. the wrestling one. We'll just talk about how Mike awesome dropped the ECW title. And then he drops his shaggy on his head. So he's, he's got a juggalo connection. It all comes together. (laughs) (sighs) Is there anything else that uh, we have to talk about? I guess that rant wasn't too bad. So no, I mean, I agree with your points. I just, I I, I slightly disagree with uh, the reasoning behind it. You don't, you don't think it was as calculated as like a, a golden parachute that they made themselves. Yeah, no, I don't think it was like a fallback in case they, it didn't succeed. I felt more of as a, just a, a, a safety net to not piss off the fans that they have that were so fully invested in buying an ungodly amount of merch. Cause as big, <laughs> as, as big as you get, you're not getting the, 
the bigger you get, you're not getting more fans like that. So you want to make sure you keep that base. You know, you got to keep that base red hot for uh, the midterms. You know, for those for those albums that are released on your label that not all the mainstream is buying. So it's a it's a balance. You know, you have to have the base buying psychopaths from outer space and three hundred dollar jerseys, and then you have to have the mainstream <laughs> buying uh, the next Joker's card. You know, you got to balance the two. All right, look at you. <laughs> I didn't know I was talking to Alex Abbas in the flesh. <laughs> I see. I see. I should manage. I should be the, the new double A. <laughs> Arn Anderson. <laughs> I'm more like an Arn Anderson than Alex Abbas. <laughs> I'm just falling off the ring. You are <laughs> walking out with a cooler under my arm. <laughs> poor Alex. Poor Alex. <laughs> poor poor Arn Anderson. <laughs> All right. Anything else here? Or are you uh, you ready to wrap this boy no, up? No, we had yeah tie a bow on it. All right, so this was episode 18, Bury Me Alive. We went uh, deeper than anyone probably ever should, but that's what we do. <laughs> uh, you can find us. We are the Juggalo Rewind, and we're oh, we at... Oh, we didn't no. do our, uh, you know, where we oh. rank this on the album. And, uh, you know, wow, look at you. It's, you yeah. Steer the or skip the record. We're going right back. Yeah, that's what I thought you meant by ending it here. Is uh, no, I'm sorry. You're right. Uh, we talked about the the everlasting lines and history that keep it in your click. Fuck the outside, 100 percent, right? And just the general we 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 discussed the uh, the good and the bad of that, but there's just the general mantra of this is you know for the real juggalos and fuck everyone else. Like I feel yeah. like this is kind of the big bang of that era and just i think this sums up twisted moving forward this song is like this whole album has been as you said a uh, a bunch of different twisteds and house of crazies and all these sounds trying to figure out what they are and i think this is where they they hit what what they become after this this is very you know un- the underground is a theme the uh scary scary demon guys are a theme but i think this this, <laughs> this song is really twisted moving forward for sure yeah, and psychopathic in general, kind of tying everyone together. Yeah. I'm with you. I think they play this live all the time, so we don't even have to talk about that. That's just, I think it's in the rotation, right? Yeah, I couldn't remember that. I I feel like it is. Like, it, it may not be all the time. I don't know if we saw it recently, but I bet they play it more often than not. Sprinkle it in? Yeah, it's, it's not been lost, I don't think. Yeah. So, if we're going, like, your favorites... Where's it? Where's it ranking? Um, on the album, I'm gonna put it in the middle. I dig it, but it doesn't like pop out to you like "Rock the Dead" or "Secondhand Smoke." Those ones that like punch you in the gut when you hear them. It's more in a vibe of like "Renditions of Reality," but it doesn't stick out as much as "Renditions of Reality" to me. As much as I said, it becomes like Twisted's <laughs> anthem moving forward. Yeah, it's. I'm right there with you. Like it's it's good. I think it's it's a live song. Everyone enjoys it, but is it top of the top for me? Probably not, but it's probably top of the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a smooth sound. It's very you know you you bob your head along too. You feel it, but none of their verses jump out where it's like, oh, this is top notch Madrox flowing or you know, it's all good. It's all solid when it comes to that but yeah it doesn't have like any crazy rhyming by him or you know a wild story or nothing just kind of like an anthem but yeah. not as uh doesn't have that sing-along hook as some of the anthems do this may be 
just me, but let me go back. So like, I think it may get lost in the, in the shuffle a little bit only because, you know, like we've talked about, we get songs confused in our heads a little bit, like, Mm -hmm. like, Oh, that was what the fuck and not something else. But I don't know if it's just because it reminds me of rock the dead or literally because you have rock the dead, spin the bottle, bury me alive. (laughs) Like an old new one here, it kind of, like all mixes in for me. And mm-hmm. obviously this is why we're doing this. They're all different. We dive in, but like if I don't listen to the CD for a long time and I just look at the track listing, I'm like, I, all these five songs all kind of blend together for me. Like this is the that's, one about party with dead people, right? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the problem. Like it, we've, uh, uh, we've now said that maybe of these five songs, this one has the deepest, most longest, <laughs> longest lasting theme mm-hmm. throughout their history but of these new five i'm just like oh that's that's there i forgot all about that i <laughs> thought i thought that was rock the dead i thought that right. was what the fuck like it's just i don't know so i think it gets lost in the shuffle in that regard but maybe it shouldn't but for me it does a little bit it is like you said interesting revisiting them here on especially the reissue tracks because like you said not listening it for so long it just felt like there are five random songs tossed on there and you can't really remember them. You know, what makes them different? They're just like, oh, they kind of all sound like this album. But as we went through them, they all kind of had a theme. And like you guys discussed last week, Blink was very like the first sound of Dark Lotus. And like, this is the first sound of like the whole psychopathic on, you know, us versus them. And uh, next week we'll get to one that's uh, more of like the goofy, you know, party track. So it's just kind of funny when you actually do listen to them. The, you yeah. Know, what the differences it. in all of them. Yeah, next week is a little along the same lines as this week, but in a in a campier, funnier right. version. But yeah. still a oh, you're not down with us? Go fuck yourself, kind of way. Just, <laughs> and maybe that's just the 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 theme overall in the reissue. It kind of we we get that and we wrap it up, but it, it gives it more of a direction yeah. than the original did. I agree. <laughs> that's <sighs> like that's like a an understand that actually was a understand it. <laughs> hmm i agree with you <laughs> i agree <laughs> i don't know i'm just tired i have <laughs> uh, this episode's taken out of me my booster <laughs> shot's taken out of me all weekend i've been, I've been very sleepy i'm still i'm still riding high from the big 10 title game last weekend so i'm on a natural <laughs> caffeine kick you're gonna be riding high on that for a couple all weeks the, all the way till new year's eve <laughs> and then it comes crashing down no, this is all, inside. as we've all, as many of us Michigan fans have said, this is all house money from here on out. So it'll be amazing if it happens. If it doesn't happen, uh, as past guest Garrett said, we're in football heaven. None of it matters. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we'll, we'll have him back when we are celebrating a Burger King on January 10th. <laughs> all right. Are we done? Yes. Okay. Thank you. God, <laughs> dying. Uh, as I started to say before, before I got rudely interrupted and reminded that we weren't done, uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, all social medias at Juggalo RWD. Find us, like us, follow us on Spotify, Apple, all those fun places that you listen to your podcasts, even YouTube. I don't know who does that, but someone out there does. It's there for uh, you. It is. We throw you the options and you take what you want even if it costs us downloads as long as you (laughs) like it it's okay 
Email is juggalorwd at gmail.com. Don't forget the website. That's juggalorewind.com. Something we don't always talk about is we have the link tree, which if you go in any of the bios on any of our mm-hmm. social medias, it links you to everything else. So always check that out. That and the website, I think, are the best places to start. Then you can always give us a call, 810-666-1570, and leave us a fun little review or uh, comment, question, concern, complaint, whatever you want. And we'll sort through those at the end of the year. And maybe yeah, they'll us- help us uh, you know, form the website or form the website, <laughs> form, form the podcast at a later point and see where we go from there. Yeah, give us some fun stuff for the wrap-up show. So call in and uh, let us know what you think, how how terrible our takes were, you know, anything positive, <laughs> how much you hate Garrett Fuller, you know. <laughs> Should have said don't, his full name. <laughs> <laughs> don't say that because then he gets mad when we give him uh, bad commentary. But he is the most downloaded episode we've ever had, so he's doing something right. He's got the Eric Bischoff controversy equals cash. He does. He's like the MJF of the Juggalo Rewind. It was nice, though. We had a uh, non-Juggalo and a Juggalo back-to-back as guests. So you kind of uh, yin and yang, you know, balance each other out. This is, uh, again, this is what I saw before we even started the season. (laughs) Like, I wanted that back and forth. People who didn't even know what was going on and people who were so deep into it that were like, oh, my God, this is beyond what we had in mind. But (laughs) I think we sprinkled uh, it in nicely. Yeah, we did a good job of it. I think it worked out better than we I had anticipated. So, but those were two just kind of samples of what you know what we wanted to do. So I think we'll keep doing that going forward. Yeah. And we have a couple more weeks looking here. We may only have one more track, but we have a wrap up. I can picture one or two more special episodes here. So we're gonna uh, Ooh, special. We're going to stress this out as as much as we can, you know, just to keep everyone entertained until we get to our next destination. I think that's it. You got anything else there, Christopher? No, just uh, excited for next week we meet. Hey, dead homie! <laughs> next week's going to be real good. I, I That song's going to be fun. I think just whether you like it or not, I think we have a lot of lyrical meat on the bone to discuss. <laughs> so. That'll be fun. So follow us there. Tune in next week when we talk hound dogs. But for now, we're tying up Bury Me Alive. This is Peter and Chris, and we will see you next week. All music played in this episode and in this entire season is owned by the respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. Season 1 of the Juggalo Rewind, Most Tasteless, has been produced and distributed with full permission from Magic Ninja Entertainment. Thank you to George, Mike, Dustin, and Twisted, and everyone at Magic Ninja for allowing us to do this podcast for you.